is the Driven Women's Guide to Love, Life, and Business. Hosted by the boss ladies Alex, Denise, and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Girls Gone Boss. I'm Alex. I'm Gabby. Denise. And welcome to another episode. We have a really special guest today. Her name is Tamara Holder. And Tamara is an American attorney, author, television commentator. She's a former contributor and guest host on Fox News. Tamara has been a frequent guest on CNN, HLN, and True TV. She has written for The Huffington Post, The Daily Caller, and Grassroots. Tamara is a big advocate for women's rights and has gained a lot of praise for speaking out. Tamara, thank you so much for joining us thank today. Thank you so thank much you, for joining Tamara. us. Yes, thank you for joining us at Girls Gone Boss. Thank you. Thank you so much. And if you didn't know, here at Girls Gone Boss, it's basically a, a platform that we created to shed light on important issues for women. We are particularly honored to have you on, especially since you have had such a powerful voice for women in the work in the workplace. So thank you so much for having us. Thank you. It means a lot to me. Great. Great. So Tamara, tell us a little bit about what's going on now, what you, how you got started in all this, your career, and where you're at now. Oh, well, I've, I've lived nine lives, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm, I'm friends with uh, one of your co-hosts, Denise, <laughs> and, um, and I, we met in Chicago where I was a criminal defense and civil rights attorney um, for, I don't know, seven or eight years before. And during that time, I was a contributor and legal analyst on Fox News, a Democratic contributor. I was one of the only ones, of course. And um, and then two years into that, while I was remotely in Chicago, I moved to New York for five years and I worked with Fox News predominantly um, doing that work and then a little bit of legal work. And um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I my dream was always to be on TV. It was just something that I, I always aspired to do a lot of people have these dreams in life that they are going to do whatever. And, and I did it. Um, unfortunately my dream came crashing down because I showed up to work one day and, um, my employer failed to protect me and I was sexually assaulted in an office, uh, by a man who, um, I knew for maybe a week and I, there was, you know, it, it, this was not any kind of an affair or, uh, you know, hanging out after work or anything of that sort. And, um, you know, as a result of that, I, I thought I would be okay. As many of your listeners probably know the feeling of being sexually assaulted or abused in any way, really. And you think, Oh, I'm going to be okay. Um, and then with a lot of people, some, not all, but, um, there's a, you can't, you just can't keep it inside anymore. And, um, and I couldn't keep it inside anymore. And I, when I went to my employer, I said, before I went to them, I said, by the way, I've spoken to the New York times and I'm going to tell my story regardless of what happens, because I feel like I have to do this for the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was the beginning of the me too movement. That was the beginning of, of, or before the me too, before time's up, this was a year ago in March. So, um, I've, it's been really interesting to be on the beginning side of this and see where we are a year later. Wow. 
I mean, I I have to give you props. It's so, it's so courageous to, for you to even like stand up. It's such a hard decision to make, especially because as women, we're truly scared to stand up. We're scared for our livelihood. I mean, it's it's where we work. Um, it's how we make money. And at times, you know, it's really difficult to to have that voice. So, what gave you the strength to to just you know go beyond? just keeping it to yourself and saying like, you know, I can't because I'm scared. Like what, what gave you the courage to do this? The courage to stay silent or the courage to open up? To open up. Um, I, you know what? I couldn't, I didn't have a choice. Um, I was building up a lot of anger. Um, I was supremely depressed. I had a mother who'd recently died and she, she used to say rehab is for rich people. And so I knew that I was never going to be able to be, you know, become an addict and like, just, you know, fall into this downward spiral. Um, and I, I just, I, I didn't, it was either, it was either a really, really bad ending or I had to say something. And I just knew that I couldn't let my employer, um, destroy me. And the person who did this to me, I, I just couldn't do it. Um, so I jumped off a cliff and here we are. Yeah. And that was really courageous at the time, because I think during that time, you, none of this Me Too movement was happening. The time's up. Nothing was really kind of like bringing up these subjects that are really hard to kind of digest for a lot of people, but it's a reality and it's happening every single day. A woman is being harassed at work or not only at work, but also in their own personal relationships that they're having with people. And, you know, it's the fact that women now are coming together and holding each other's hand and saying, you know what, there's no more of this abuse. Like we've had enough. And I think that that was very courageous of you to do that. But along all of this, I mean, how do you feel about this whole Me Too movement and the Time's Up? Like, what do you see like the benefits of it coming, like the ripening of all this for many women out there? I mean, I think that there's, there are a lot of things. The first is, is that for the first time, women are coming together. The reason why, in my opinion, the reason why this has gone on is because women have been awful to each other and women can't, couldn't trust each other. And women, women couldn't say, you know what, last night when I hooked up with that guy, we met at the bar, it ended up that he raped me. Uh, you couldn't say that to anybody. Um, or, you know, my boss, like, you know, our boss, coworker, female coworker, you know, our boss, he's really creepy. Is he creepy with you too? Is he trying to bang both of us? You know, women just don't do that. We're just not having those conversations. We're not having those conversations. And men, on the other hand, men have been able to bang women in the workplace and still succeed at work. Whereas women, whether it's abusive or it's Mm -hmm. consensual, we're constantly punished, not by the men, but by other women. And so I think that that is a really, really big thing. I didn't have, I, I told one person who was a former federal prosecutor, what happened to me, a friend of mine. And, but my girlfriends were like, oh, I, you know, why didn't you say anything to me? And I love my girlfriends, but there was nobody that I trusted that much of my girlfriends to tell them what happened to me. Not one other than my friend who I knew was a former federal prosecutor. And I consider my friends, my really good friends. And so I think that that's, it's, it's created this openness amongst women who maybe we don't even know and we can talk to, um, the, you know, there's, but we have a long way to go. And, um, you know, I think also we need to give men time to process this. 
Um, Dave Chappelle talked about how Ben Affleck tried to like jump in and say something. Everyone was like, well, you grabbed a titty once. Um, and, and so, you know, most men I would think have done something improper in their lifetime. And I think that, uh, we need to, we need to kind of, we don't want to alienate them. No. So basically invite those conversations and, um, just, um, just get together with women to like strengthen each other when something like this tough comes up having the conversations and not being afraid to talk about it. Yeah. And because also, it does yeah. happen. I think most of the time though, us women, sometimes we minimize the problem. I don't know if it's part of the culture yeah. that has kind of brainwashed us into thinking like it's our fault. I think as women in every situation, sometimes we always t- tend to blame ourselves. Um, oh, he dumped me. Oh, something must be wrong with right. me. Or, um, so I think it might also just um, kind of um, run into that kind of mentality when it comes to this as well. Yeah, that everything you said. Yes, it's it's a matter of this is the beginning of a new of a new type of civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. And so uh, suddenly, when when African Americans were equal. There was, that wasn't like all of a sudden you just jump into equality. Look at, look at where we are today. Um, all these years later, there are still issues of, of mass incarceration and, and all kinds of issues with, with African-American population. So these things don't just change for women over, overnight, but it's, and we're always going to have opposition. I mean, we're going to have a president. I, I'm not trying to make this a political show because I don't think that domestic and, and sexual abuse is, is political, but we do have a president who says that a, a two-time wife beater, where there's evidence, you know, photographic evidence, said he says that you know the guy's a fine man, um, and and so you know this is we have to deal with policy, we have to deal with it, we have to deal with policy, we have to deal with elections, we have to deal with just friendships, we have to deal with workplace issues. I'm now representing women across the country in cases of, of sexual abuse and sexual assault. So lawyers have to like, it's just, it goes on and on how we, how we need to start making changes. Do you feel Tamara that, um, being empowered as an educated woman, like added on to your confidence and being able to speak out? Do you think education gives you power? Oh yes. Education definitely gives you power because I knew, um, that my career was going to be over. I was told by my agents that, I would be toxic if I told Fox News what happened to me. My agents disappeared when I told them what happened to me. To this day, they have said Steve Levine at ICM, who's Chris Rock's agent, by the way, has he disappeared, disappeared. So um, I I knew that what I was doing was um, going to be very harmful to my career in television, but I also knew that I had a law degree to fall back on and I had a college degree to fall back on. And not only that, there are a lot of women out there. I'm not trying to discourage women who don't have either of those things, but, um, my, my advice is never, you know, never give up all of yourself to a man. And that may sound super liberal and super progressive, but you never know what's going to happen. Whether he dies of a heart attack or he leaves you for another woman or he punches you in the face and you have to get the hell out. Um, have, have something that you can do. And even if it's just motivation, just staying motivated. So that, sorry, all my answers are super long, but, um, no, we love it. Yeah, it's fine. That's fine. (laughs) My having an education definitely, definitely gave me the strength to say, 
all right, you guys are going to kick me out and, and throw me away, but I'm going to be okay because you're not going to destroy me. How, how do you think that companies can better protect women in the workforce? What can they do better? Oh, wow. I have, I'm, I'm working with some corporations right now, actually on this. Um, there's a lot because what happens is that the automatic response of corporations is uh, to kick everyone out who's been, who's part of this problem. And so just like me, I was banned from Fox for life. That's part of my deal that I can't ever get a job with 21st century Fox again. I didn't do anything wrong. I was abused. I walked into work one day. I was abused. I reported it a year and a half later and yet I'm punished. And so I think corporations and, and the thing is, is that now that I'm a lawyer, I'm not saying this is a victim or survivor. And I don't want anybody to think that I'm complaining. These are things now that because I've experienced them, I can say, here's what needs to change because I would never want to represent a woman who could never step foot into another corporation again, because she was abused. My attorney screwed me that way, but I'm going to make sure that I, that I will fight tooth and nail because what, just because you're, you're not toxic. If you're abused, um, you do not deserve to be thrown out. So corporations need to find ways to keep women, um, to, 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 you know, keep their, their women safe, give them safe reporting, give them, make sure that if they report, they're not fired. Uh, so many different levels. And then also just proper reporting is so important. Most people have no idea where to go. Yeah. Yeah. They feel like if they say something, they are blacklisted from their company for just talking, just being honest about what's going on. Or even just identifying forms of abuse. Like, I mean, there's multiple forms. You don't necessarily need to be sexually assaulted per se to be in an abusive, you know, environment. Environment, exactly. I mean, is there any, like, um, you know, any kind of red flags that you can identify that maybe, like, someone listening could be like, hey, that that I am going through that. Maybe I need to speak up. You know, I think it's like, uh, you know, that that saying, um, say, see something, say something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if something doesn't pass what in, in legal terms, and most people have heard this, the smell test, um, then it's probably, you know, say, you're, you're seeing something that doesn't smell right and you should say something. If we're, you know, women are, women aren't like men. Men are like Neanderthals. They, they don't get any social skills. And I'm saying that as a, as a man lover. Um, women are like, you know, we, we're just, <laughs> we're just kind of smarter and more intuitive than men. Mm-hmm. We know when a guy's being a creep, we know when he's yeah. trying to, you know, get, get us to have sex with them. So, and then all of a sudden we get a better job. We know these aren't things that we are saying that, that any of us are saying, Oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, we know that maybe cat calls in the streets are obviously completely inappropriate. And I, uh, there's a good, um, Instagram account, cat calls, cat calls of New York city. And, um, we know cat calls are wrong, but, but, you know, you, you, but, you know, there are things that you don't, you don't necessarily go to the police over that. Hopefully we can change that, but you go, you report something in the workplace. If it's maybe, you know, maybe the guy's kind of creepy or looks at your, looks at your legs when you walk by his cubicle, but you're not going to report that. You're going to report things that you know are wrong. And I don't think that's a hard thing for us to determine as women. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And for women to get like, how do you feel like 
women moving forward from all this and just kind of coming together, like what do you advise or give women, younger women advice to do, like moving forward? Like if they are in a situation like that and their gut is telling them like, this guy is making me feel so uncomfortable. And where do they find that, you know, moment of bravery to go and say something about it? Because I feel a lot of women, you know, like they do, they kind of recourse back and say, oh, I don't want to be like singled out or feel like I'm the one that caused this. And I know we've talked about that, but more of like, how do you, how do we want to like educate younger women to just kind of like speak out more and start, you know, supporting each other and not judging each other and saying, well, you were wearing that little short skirt and that's probably why he did what he did. Or you went home with him the first night you met him. And that's probably why he did what he did. You know, like there's always these prejudgments from women ourselves, you know, judging other women, you know, and how do you like want to change that behavior? Like, how do we change that? Well, I think one of the things that probably, I would say a hundred percent of women in America know is being sexually harassed or assaulted or raped or molested at some point in their lifetime. I think that what we're seeing now is every woman has a story and, and raise your hand if, if it's, if you don't, but I have, what happened to me is one story of several, um, something very, very awful happened to me in college. I never said anything. And I just found out that just last year, the man was arrested or is in prison for violently murdering his father. Wow. So speaking up can like actually like prevent something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, you know, um, we, we, we've all been there in some form. Um, I think that we need to be as just as a country and especially on this issue, because it's, it's women's rights and men who are losing their power and their grip are going to really, they're, they're going to start freaking out the more we, we unite. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not being as it's not being reactive all the time. It's just kind of watching, listening, being quiet, uh, not judging. Exactly. I also believe that men also should, you know, kind of check each other. Like, hey, God, hey, you know, um, I know what you're doing. Relax. Like, I don't think that's that's even proper in the work. Like, checking each other. Like, men checking men while, you know, so that this can change as well. Because, I mean, there's not all creeps in, in the workplace. There's some that no. are actually really- stand-up guys, you know. So those stand-up guys also to be like, you know, to also help. In right. changing and not this culture, each other to exactly, be. or not just like swipe mm-hmm. it under the rug, exactly. But also, women, right. you know, that have children, like you know, young sons, like teaching them from a very young age, like you respect a woman, you don't, you don't go there, you don't do those things, and it starts at home too, you know, because children, you know, they grow up and they hang out with friends, and you know, you see your your boys like doing things, and you're just like, oh, well, he was being disrespectful to that girl. I guess it's okay to do that, you know, and it's not, you know, it just starts to have morals and just basically like innate feeling of like respect women, respect each other. It's not just, you know. But I think it's, it's amazing how you were saying, Tamara, that this story, I mean, you have a story. We all have a story. I mean, just alone, the hashtag me too was posted about like a million times with attached to a personal story of sexual harassment or assault. So 
just that alone speaks volumes of the the problem that is very prevalent. And I think this movement has just given us wings, you know, it has given us like that, that push that we need, like, man, maybe before I was scared, but now I'm not. I know that people are backing me up. I know that that companies are really starting to like pay attention to this and HR departments are getting really like revved up about like having zero tolerance for this type of thing. Yes, definitely. I think that this is, I think this is definitely a changing of the tide. I also want to point out that it's not just moms, um, like taking care, teaching their son's values, but, um, I'm actually, and even from the beginning of this interview, I was talking about women finally being there for each other. Um, I think women are, our mothers have failed us. Um, I love my mom. My mom passed away a couple of years ago. I loved her. She, but you know, she, I think that a lot of this happens because women, it's not that women can't only speak up to their, um, employer or to their girlfriends, but little girls and, and teenagers and young women should be able to tell their moms. And I think that our mothers of the, this, the generation of our generation or their generation, they, um, they fought for the right to work. Um, they traditionally were, um, required to stay at home and be homemakers. And so if you had a job, it was like, take your job and shut up, be happy that you have a job and you're not stuck at home raising five kids and, you know, feeding your husband every night at five o'clock. Um, and so I think that like, I, I knew that I, I, there was no way I could tell my mom what happened. Um, for many reasons, which I don't need to go into, but I think that's one of the issues that a lot of us have that have, have been assaulted or harassed in the workplace or elsewhere. And we are so afraid we can't, we can't even tell our moms. No, totally. I am with you at that. So it's just mainly changing the conversation at home with your mom. And I think it's changing altogether because I think we're creating a movement of women that are empowered, independent, mm-hmm. career oriented. So it's in a, a lot of single homes. So there's a, a lot of, I think the conversation is going to change, but it's important to, to note that, that, to note that it needs to start with also talking to your daughters. Yeah. Talking to your yes. daughters at a young age and letting them know. Perfect. And just, um, Tamara, I also would like to see, um, what would you advise? Like just the one thing, like if you went through it and you're kind of feeling down about it and you don't know if you can get through this after, let's say you've, you have reported it just like you did, but you still feel like, how do I get back? How do I jumpstart again? How do I, um, you know, come back stronger? Any, any advice out there for women that may be just like, I don't, I don't even know how I'm going to get back up from this. Um, all I can say is somebody who lived it, who was on her floor in her apartment for almost a year, literally in my closet. Um, my boyfriend would slide chicken noodle soup on the floor across to me on my worst days. Um, is that just know that you're not alone and know that there are so many Facebook groups, social media groups, even if you just go to a me to hashtag or, contact me or any of, you know, you guys, like if somebody's listening there, we all have an outlet somewhere. There's so many places and just know, just even on your darkest days that tomorrow is going to be a better day and, um, and, and don't fall into a hole and don't ever, ever, ever let something that happened to you where a man abused you and took a piece of your soul, destroy you. And that's the most important thing is that I feel like crap and I want to die and I hate my life, but you know what? 
that man or that corporation is not going to ruin me. And that is enough. That's all you need. And then next thing you know, you're like, whoa, it's a new day. Beautiful. It's a new day. We have to be really grateful that we have social media as a platform to be able to like voice things out right now. Because before 10 years ago, 20 years ago, our mothers, you know, their mothers, they were not able to, to speak out the same way that we're able to now. So there's actually yes. a quote that I, that I got from your Twitter account that really like resonated with us and it's extremely powerful. And I'd like to read it. It's, um, I hear all of you, women survivors, male supporters, sympathizers, empathizers. They broke our spirits and killed our careers, but they will not kill us. Your support, I'll forever be grateful. I'll never let you down. I'm humbled. That's beautiful. Uh, what, thank what, you. Yes. Can you tell me about like where you were at when you wrote that and, and what was going through through your mind? Sure. Um, I mean, it sounds very egocentric, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, when I told my story in March, um, it did fall on deaf ears and I wasn't doing it for attention or for notoriety or fame or anything. I did it because for the right reasons, because I thought somebody would hear my story. And I did, uh, immediately I, I saved a woman, um, got, got a woman a settlement. She was being sexually harassed, at, at church's chicken headquarters in Atlanta. And she said, I read your story. And I thought if I stayed at my, in, at my job, the guy was going to end up raping me, my boss. And I, after, despite having all of that kind of sadness for feeling like my story wasn't heard, I helped that one woman and I thought, wow, this is, this is it. And, um, so anyway, to answer your question, um, that was kind of really, I, I, when people were talking about abusers at Fox, they never mentioned my abuser. It was just O'Reilly and Roger Ailes. And I, it, it hurt me because I thought, well, this guy's just, you know, off in thin air. And, I did that interview after Rupert Murdoch went on Sky News and said that that um, it was all fussy and it was a cons- it was a plot to bring down this conservative network and it was only Roger Ailes and it, you know American lawyers and um, it was nonsense what was going on at Fox News and so I, I I went on TV and I said this guy's a liar it's not true he's lying and. I just wanted to work and we just want to work and I um, the level of support that I got finally just came back and I was, and I thought, okay, this is really why I did it because it does feel good to have, to be heard. And so that's why I said, you know, I, I hear everybody because all of a sudden everyone was like, wow, this is, we just want to work. It's not necessarily me too, as much as it is. Yeah. Me too. But we just want to work. Just leave us alone. We'll do our jobs. We just want to work. We just want to work. We don't want a settlement. We don't want millions of dollars. We want to, we want millions of dollars, but we want to earn it. You know, we don't want millions of dollars because we had to sue you because you put a predator in your workplace. That's it. Mm -hmm. So there's my story. Well, thank you. (laughs) I know we love it. And we are so grateful that you were able to talk to us about this because it's something that, you know, we definitely wanted to highlight in our podcast. But now that, you know, on a lighter note, I wanted to talk about more about what you're doing now. And now that you're in Chicago and what are your, what's going on for 2018 for Tamara Holder? Well, um, I'm doing a little bit more stand-up comedy, um, which, yeah. Love it. Love that. It's really it's hard to be a comedian, by the way. I was, I, I took a class when I was living in LA and I failed completely. <laughs> it's really, really hard. It's an art. So props to you. 
Thank you. Um, and then also I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm doing sexual harassment in the workplace cases. I'm getting ready to sue a major corporation. Um, uh, they're, they're like a Hooters. I can't say who they are, but they're similar to Hooters and, um, they line the women up against the wall and grade them every day, uh, based on tone, stomach, legs, hair, face, arms, and depending on what grade they get will depend on where they get to serve. Wow. Is this happening? So Jesus. Wow. Wow, That's insane. Wow. The women in lingerie, the police had raided the place and ticketed the women for indecent exposure when they were just like following the rules and told they had to wear lingerie. So I just want to help whether it's a podcast, whether it's legally representing someone, whether it's going and helping corporations do better corporate governance. Um, I just, that's what I want to do. I really want, I think we're on a really, really good path here to healing Mm -hmm. and I want to be part of that. Awesome. I think you're doing an amazing job. And would you be able to share your contact information for anyone listening that could get in touch with you, maybe, you know, just to touch base if someone's going through the same thing? I know you mentioned that you'd be open for them to contact you. Absolutely. My email is just contact at tamaraholder.com, all one word, T-A-M-A-R-A-H-O-L-D-E-R. Um, and you can contact me through email. You can contact me on social media, on Twitter, at Tamara Holder, Instagram, Tamara underscore Holder, Snapchat, TNH77, because I was born on July 7th, and Facebook. So, like, I'm everywhere. Just Awesome, awesome. Tamara. It's honestly yeah. been an honor and yes. I am so moved by your story and it's so inspirational. Honestly, like you're such a girl boss and, and we're really happy to have had you. Yes. Thank you for oh, joining us, Tamara, guys. so much. We definitely want to follow up, follow up with you at some point and see how everything's coming along. But we also talk about um, girl boss moments. So we wanted to see what you feel has been your girl you know, boss moment. Um, anything that you're celebrating or anything that, you know, it's a highlight in your life or you're just grateful for a boss moment that you've been going through. It could even be a highlight of the week. Yeah. Anything. I'm going to tell you something that, that women are, we never talk about, but I have two boyfriends. Oh, okay. (laughs) Awesome. Wow. You go, girl. I already like you. (laughs) (laughs) Two boyfriends. How do you handle that? Tamara, tell us. It's new. It's a new thing. <laughs> Apparently, a guy's been doing it for years. So we yeah. just need to catch on, right? <laughs> that's what. That's why I'm doing it. I'm like, you know what? And do they know about each other? I mean, it's only fair, right? <laughs> no. Do we ever know about? <laughs> oh, I love you, Tamara. Oh, Honestly, you're awesome. We need to have drinks. We need to go yes. to Chicago. And yes, we definitely will be in Chicago, and we'll get together again and and do another. Podcast. But that's a big boss moment. Exactly. Two boyfriends. I can hardly get one, Tamara. Girl, please help me. Yeah, teach Gabby, please. <laughs> but thank you again so much, and to all of our listeners, I hope you were empowered by Tamara's story and again contact her if any of you are going through the same thing Um, we know that um, the collective is what empowers so let's stick with each other and um, any questions and comments make sure to follow us at Girls Gone Boss and um, like us on our iTunes page and five stars review would be awesome thank you so much and thank you Tamara and we'll see everyone else on our next episode thank Thank you you. bye guys Bye. bye Girls Gone Boss.
Hosted by Alex, Denise, and Gabby. Oh, yeah. I love you guys.